Hey everybody, I'm Eric, and today I watched episode one of the new Star Trek series, Discovery. It's over on CBS All Access. It was created by Brian Fuller and Alex Kurtzman. Brian Fuller, you may know from Pushing Daisies, or perhaps Hannibal, or uh, even from back when he wrote on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and... um, uh, the the one that came out right after that. What was it? Voyager? Did he write on Voyager? I think so. Um, yeah, Star Trek Voyager. Uh, anyway, uh, and then Alex Kurtzman, who wrote on the Star Trek films, the recent J.J. Abrams uh, produced films, and also Hawaii Five-0, Fringe, Sleepy Hollow, uh scorpion limitless and upcoming salvation which is uh what was have i have i heard anything about this the show centers on the ramifications of the discovery of an asteroid that will impact the earth in just six months and the attempts to prevent it that sounds pretty cool that sounds pretty cool which what network is that on oh it's on cbs also oh it already it it's already been shown. I I was not aware of this show. The entire first season has already taken place. I gotta check that out. Um, is it renewed for a second season? I don't know. Uh, maybe it was just a limited se- series type of thing with a conclusion. Maybe the, they they didn't save the Earth from the asteroid. I don't know. I guess I'll check it out. I have CBS All Access now, so I may as well watch it at some point assuming it's on there it's got to be on there right anyway okay that's enough about the the creators of uh star trek discovery um who stars in it well uh we have sasha from the walking dead sonequa martin green as number one michael burnham 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 how do you pronounce that last name I don't think they say her last name on the show yet. They, uh, at least the captain refers to her as number one. Anyway, Doug Jones as Saru, uh, Shazad Latif as Ash Tyler. Um, I'm not sure which character that is. This first episode is very strongly focused on number one. Uh, we also have Michelle Yeoh as uh, Philippa, Philippa Giorgio. Um, she's the captain of this ship. And at the beginning of this episode, we have the captain and number one down on the surface of a planet. I think they're searching for water, but there's also an incoming storm, which I guess may not necessarily be a rainstorm. I was thinking, like, why are they looking for water when they have this huge storm that's on the way that has water, too? Or was that even what they're doing? I don't... <laughs> um, I'm not sure. But... They're rescued after the captain leads number one around. Uh, they go around a mountain. Do they go around a mountain? Uh, they, they're creating a signal with the path that they're walking, which, uh, okay. So we find out that Michael has been raised by Spock's father. And she's, uh, she's a human, but she's basically been raised as a Vulcan. And so, uh, for somebody who 
I guess we think very logically and all that, she did not pick up at all on what the captain was doing uh, when they walked in kind of a circle. But really, actually, what the, I think what they were, they were doing was creating a gigantic pin, like that shape, the tear, upside-down teardrop shape. And then they could see that at the point of that is where they were. So, uh, hey, Google has a presence in the near future, the f- distant future. When does this take place? It takes place 10 years before uh, the original Star Trek series, um, which would be, what year is that? What year is that? Doesn't doesn't say on this site. Okay, roughly 10 years before that. So when does 2260s? So it's in the 2250s, not the near future. Still about 200 years ahead. But, uh, okay, so after they accomplish this mission, they detect something strange, and and Michael goes to investigate. And as she's being uh, raised up to the surface of the ship, uh, to the outside of the ship, uh, one of the crew members is saying all kinds of, like, jokey stuff as if she's about... Okay, it's the kind of stuff I expect from um, Cameron on stitchers as they're about to go into a stitch because it takes place in the present and it's a guy who likes pop culture stuff and all of that and uh he's a, a smart aleck and all, all that kind of thing this is, this is the only thing that bothered me about this episode by the way the, the, pretty much the only thing that bothered me uh he was saying stuff like oh in our flight today blah 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 like uh a pilot for a commercial flight would say and I just thought that was kind of weird. They're, well, I guess they haven't always lived in space necessarily. So they may have taken commercial flights back on Earth or on some other planets where they might say that kind of stuff. But I don't know. It seemed, uh, it seemed there specifically to be, to get a laugh as opposed to being realistic to these this cast of people i guess i don't know whatever it took me out of it a little bit and then right after that you have the computer telling michael all of her vitals and stuff and like the pressure of the suit and things like that so i thought it was a little bit redundant having both of those things happen anyway she goes out investigates this strange object and encounters a klingon who have not been seen for over a hundred years and uh so this this story is like the reemergence of the klingons and to the start of this this war between them and the the federation and i think that'll be pretty cool see i'm looking forward to see what comes from here the, the name of this episode by the way is the vulcan hello which we uh find out later okay they, she gets totally messed up by this dude but she she kills him first um she's getting treated in uh sick bay and uh she wakes up have, uh, from a dream and realizes like oh it wasn't actually a dream i did see a Cleon, but there's no actual evidence of it because all of her data was corrupted from her camera helmet camera and all of that type of stuff um but she's able to convince the captain we have to go on alert because there are klingons out there Trust me, I saw the the symbols on his uh, on his outfit, <laughs> his space outfit, and 
they're they're gonna attack because I just killed one of them. I don't know if she admitted that right away, but uh, she the captain gives in finally. They go on alert and uh, they arm their weapons to kind of bait the Klingons into revealing themselves. And lo and behold, gigantic Klingon, probably a warship. It's a, a gigantic Klingon ship. And uh, it was there the entire time because uh, they can't detect any warp signatures, which means it, it, it was already there. It, 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 they're wondering, where did it come from? It came from right there. Just lurking in the in plain sight, uh, cloaked to their vessel. So Michael goes and seeks advice from Salik via uh, via FaceTime. Uh, she gives him a call and asks, uh, "What do you do to keep Klingons at bay?" And the answer to that is to give them a Vulcan hello, because they respect violence. If you fire your weapons first. They see that as, okay, these guys are cool, even though they're attacking us, whatever, we're, we're good. Whereas, just stay put, don't do anything, kind of be a coward, I guess, is kind of, uh, I guess it's like showing your teeth to a dog. Uh, that if you do that, it's a, seen as a sign of aggression, except that it's maybe, it, no, it's not that, it's where you should do that. As opposed to like just turning your back on them, or uh, it's a it's a sign of submission, I guess. And so they won't respect that and will attack. So uh, she tries to make it happen so that they can attack and uh, get this Vulcan hello going. But before they can, warp signatures detected. Just dozens of Klingon ships appear. And wow, they're 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 kind of screwed. If they fire their weapons, that might not be so a good such a good idea anymore. It might be seen as an actual attack as opposed to this friendly, violent greeting. So that's where we're left at the end of this episode. I really liked it. Uh, the production value is amazing. All the actors uh, did a, a great job. I thought that Saru is maybe a little bit too sarcastic. And then you also have that other guy doing the airplane joke. Just keep one of the guys funny. The other, the other guy being funny does, doesn't really work too well. But Doug Jones is, is really good whenever he plays anything, really. So I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. He tells a story about how his, his race was enslaved and all kinds of stuff. That was a really cool moment. And I'm looking forward to see more about him and about the rest of the crew since this first episode was so strongly about uh, Michael. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. The second episode is already available, so I will watch that very soon. So let me know what you thought about this episode and the next all the episodes as they come out. Let me know what you think by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to todayiwatched.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review on iTunes, and support the show even more at patreon.com slash todayiwatched. I will be back very soon with episode two. 
and also a bunch of other shows that are on CBS All Access. I gotta go. I gotta go check out Salvation as well as the new season of Survivor started last night. I'm recording this on September 28th. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that. I don't know anything about any of the contestants or anything. I've caught glimpses, like photos here and there, like some random quotes. So there might be a couple of people that I'm kind of annoyed with already. But uh, I'm excited to see what happens in Survivor Triple H. Uh, Healers, Hustlers, and uh, Harlots? What's the third one? (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.